Off the ball. Cheering on the girls in green. I followed the Irish women since 1983. 82,000 people, that's going to be something else. There'd be a hell of a lot of Irish in that, and it'll be a hell of a game as well. Love off the ball, we really do love off the ball. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Yeah, you're very welcome along. It's the Off the Ball Breakfast Show. We're here with you all the way through until 10 o'clock this morning. If you want to get in touch, 0879-180-180. That's the WhatsApp number. You can always leave a comment on the YouTube stream. You can follow the show at Off the Ball AM on Twitter. We are still on Twitter. Twitter is falling in on itself. It's like this little black hole of... So I still I still, still have some hope that maybe might be rescued. Again, another side... Colm's here, Colm, good morning to you. Hi there, hello. Shane, good morning to you. Good morning, how are things? Ah, finally getting in the mood, Shane. Yeah, finally getting in the mood. Yeah. Ka- done. Kathleen, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good. Denise O'Sullivan is starting. That's the news this morning she, we all wanted to wake up to. Yeah, she is fit and she is starting. Uh, it was Tony from Orti that asked the question and I don't even think he got halfway through it before Vera was like, she's fit, she's starting and I'm glad. And Katie interrupted her and said, I'm glad too. So I think there was a bit of a sigh of relief around the room whenever she said that. Um, she's come through all the training sessions fine. The team have another training session now this evening, which she's expected to compete in fully. So that would be her first proper full training session since the incident on Friday. But yeah, it's all looking good from this side of the world. All is well that ends well. So this was the first press conference that there was with the whole world's media that we were chatting about yesterday. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So today was the first one. Uh, It was a little bit of a damn squid, I won't lie. It was less than 12 minutes long and uh, there wasn't much opportunity to ask too many questions. Um, World media just seemed more interested in how we were going to stop Sam Kerr. I don't know if they were hoping to get some sort of insight from us (laughs) later on in the tournament. But um, yeah, I expected there to be a few more awkward questions thrown Vera Powell's way, but there wasn't actually any at all. It was all about the match and how much it means to be kind of setting off in such a big stadium I was fortunate enough to have a bit of a look around the stadium when I came in and uh, it's big (laughs) you know you hear 80,000 in your head and you're like oh yeah that's a big stadium and then you walk out into it and you're like whoa so gonna be interested to see how some of the Irish players fare with that tomorrow yeah especially the bowls because there's no there's no standing I presume there's no standing is there no it's all seated Uh, there was a little mini incident at the start where our Australian host got our captain's name wrong yeah, a little bit of an awkward one. The FIFA rep was introducing uh, everyone, so introduced Vera Pau, and then she was like, and the Ireland captain, Katie McCain, and everyone was like, ooh. <laughs> and Katie straight away was like, it's actually McCabe. And even that got a bit of an ooh, because when Katie McCabe tells you how to pronounce her name properly, you pronounce her name properly. Um, so yeah, not not a great start from them, but what, was it, it was all smoothed over. Was the FIFA official Australian, or was it like one of their Swiss boffins? Uh, I think it was an Australian. Hey, there you go. That's all we need. So. Uh, Philly, can, <laughs> Philly can come out with a great one this morning. She's going to have a chip on her shoulder being hey, called McCain. Hey. Which is a pretty Philly. <laughs> thing, so. I, I've just got that now. I heard it yeah. I heard it in real time. I was like, yeah, that's good, Jess. She will have a chip on her shoulder. Yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, sorry. It's very early sometimes in the morning when we're having these conversations. Fair play, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Kathleen, was, um, was it 12 minutes because the questions ran dry or because it was cut, cut short 12 minutes? 
It was just cut short in 12 minutes by the FIFA rep. I know the team had like quite a tight turnaround, so they had to get over to another one of the training grounds. They're not training within the stadium here um, today, so they had to get to that training session. So I assume that's why it was so short, because uh, there was plenty more hands up to ask questions. Like I'd say less than half of the people who actually wanted to ask a question managed to. Um, and it was unfortunate because, I don't know, match day minus one, first press conference of the tournament. You kind of expected a bit more, but uh, yeah, it was very short, very tight. Not a massive amount of news out of it. Katie had a nice line towards the end where she was asked, um, what is she going to do or say to the players tomorrow to kind of, you know, get them ready for the game? And she was like, I'm going to keep that in-house, but I just would like everyone to know that what you see on the pitch is going to be us giving our all. So, yeah, exciting. She also put a shout out to anyone who hasn't already got their viewing party sorted. I mean, I'd love to hear what you guys have planned for tomorrow. I know you'll still be in work, but I, I'm expecting a big office showing for it. Uh, she encouraged everyone who was uh, not already signed up to a viewing party to get on it. So definitely do that. And anyone who is organizing one, please do tag me in photos on Twitter because I would love to see it. I kind of miss the fact that I'm not seeing all the hype back home. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting. I'm going to be in Joe Quaid's house in Limerick. All right. <laughs> so hopefully he has the tally on. I'm sure he will. Um I think everyone has, you have to you have to plan where you're going to be because it's like it's, it's a random time, eleven a.m. So it's eleven a.m. kickoff our time, Kathleen, isn't it? Yeah, on the, on the nose. That's right. Yeah, it's so. eight o'clock here, eleven for you. So presumably there are viewing parties around all over, yeah, places. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, messages that you're getting. There's tight. lots of pubs and stuff in Dublin as well that are opening early. Um, I know there's a couple of, like around where our office is as well. So well, we'll be. In case anyone wants a little shout speak. out, yeah, or if any, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literal or metaphorical um, those messages that you were talking about getting tagged in you sent one I think from Blessington yesterday and it was amazing yeah there's some really really great ones being sent on to me so a lot from around where Abby Larkin is from um, that's kind of been the main one that I've seen around Ring's Ed seems to have gone absolutely crazy for it really really nice video from Blessington from the local football team uh, all the little girls kind of recorded a special message for Louise Quinn and the rest of the team wishing them luck um, I'm getting sent in loads of pictures as well of just people generally in their houses who've decorated the house up um, I've had messages from people who are Irish but living in Australia um, who are messaging into the Koi Gig account saying that they see this as such an opportunity to let make sure that their kids have that little bit of Irish heritage, especially being so far away from home and for the younger ones who maybe haven't had, don't really understand yet quite, you know, what being Irish is, or what it means to go home um, and sending me lots of videos of how decked out their houses are. So it's important at home, but this is also something that's gone pretty global as well which is quite cool it's nice to see um seen i've been sent a few pictures of dogs dressed up as well so literally everyone is getting involved if you're not getting involved what are you doing all you're we, just a sad person all we need now is just a little bandwagon push an early mm-hmm. goal and some kind of result and uh, all of a sudden we'll all be like yeah time to go mental <laughs> yeah <laughs> wouldn't be like the Irish to jump on a bandwagon hey. at any point no <laughs> I, I'm all yeah. in favour of bandwagons life is very busy for people and the bandwagon comes along you've got to get up, get behind it oh, I'm not I'm not dissing it down I mean sure look at the Irish hockey team when they did the run oh, in the yeah. World Cup mm-hmm. I think hockey was suddenly everyone's favourite sport in the country for about six weeks or however long the tournament went on for so yeah no definitely jump on it watch it it's had a nice time. You can just have it chilling on in the background if you want. Get excited. Have some fun. 
lots of Irish around Sydney who have travelled here, whether either from within Australia or from Ireland itself. So going to be a good atmosphere. It's not going to be an Australian takeover. I think it's going to be pretty 50-50. You bought us behind the curtain in the stadium. I believe we have little footage here. Six seconds. Oh, wow. (laughs) It is huge. Mm. Massive. It is big. Yeah, and it looks really well, I have to say. The pitch looks really nice. The colours for the tournament are really nice and they've done a really good job of decorating it. Um, they had like the big scoreboard up and they were testing it out and the goals were going up and down and Ireland were always going slightly one ahead of Australia. And I was like, I like this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's keep that going Manifest. tomorrow evening. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's... Sorry? Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just saying it's like the stadium itself is like a bit of a drive outside of the main Sydney area, but you can get a train out here. So I expect fully all the trains tomorrow to just be wedged with our supporters. Yeah. Do we have any idea when the starting 11 uh, will be announced or when you'll get a feel for that yourself? Uh, I feel like I could tell you right now what the yeah. starting <laughs> going to be. I don't think it's going to change. Like I was saying yesterday from the France team. Um, I imagine it'll be a couple of hours before kickoff, just based on previous tournaments. Generally, it's like between 45 minutes to an hour and 15 before kickoff. So uh, could you get a sense even, I know it's only 12 minutes, but seeing the players, is there kind of a difference in body language now and tension racketing up or is there more excitement levels? Not really, because it was only Katie that was here today. Um, I think I assume the rest of the players probably just went straight to the training ground. But she was just cool as a cucumber. Very classic Katie McCabe. Didn't seem to take a fizz out of her whatsoever. Um, Vera, much the same. You know, I, I kind of feel like Vera has been running out of steam a little bit the closer and closer we get to the tournament. You know, there's been a lot of stuff happening and a lot of things that she's been contending with and definitely seems a little gentler is the wrong word but there's a there's a spark I think that's like that seems like has been coming from maybe a bit of fatigue and tiredness on her side and I I definitely felt that a little bit more again today not as bad as it was last week when we were in Brisbane but yeah I feel like maybe she is taking on a lot of the weight of things. What has the team's um, link-ups with their family been like because I saw a lot of the family members catching up with players at um, the airport in Sydney I presume it was uh, and even Amber Barrett's brother by the way I think it's Amber Barrett's brother she looks more like yes, Amber Barrett than, like oh my god <laughs> absolutely identical um, but yeah. was that the first opportunity in a while that got to see their family or how does it, how, how, how has that worked it kind of depended so a lot of the families just came straight into Sydney so they would have just been here the last couple of days but then other family members were based in Brisbane or went over to Brisbane so like I know Katie was able to spend some time with her family over the weekend Louise Quinn was the same because her sister is based in Melbourne I think and she came straight to Brisbane and then came over to Sydney so it just depended on a lot of the players but I know like say for Amber Barrett like when she saw her dad and stuff that was one of the first times that she got to see him since they left uh, Ireland so emotional scenes for them and again that's the thing like there's just so much to this you kind of every time you get over one emotional thing of like you know the squad is picked and then you have all the big going aways and then you have you land here and you're getting over the jet lag you kind of keep thinking okay there's not going to be something else and then there is something else so how the team handle that emotional toil of the constant up and downs is going to be very interesting because I mean, we keep saying it here in the press pack, like everyone 
feels like we've already done a tournament and a ball hasn't even been picked yet. So the next week is going to be really interesting to see can the team sustain their momentum. You have to assume it's, that's the same for everybody. And while we would have had the emotion of the um, going away, is that getting the 23 Matildas from across Australia, it's a really nice moment, but I'm sure for Australia, it's incredibly emotional. And Cathy Freeman mm. coming in, you know, uh, if it works it's amazing but there is also this well I delivered a gold medal when the entire world thought that maybe I was going to crap out and, and not be able to do it and then I absolutely ramped home and killed the whole place and the stadium erupted and I united the country in a way that nobody else has ever done no pressure kids two ways of looking at the <laughs> Cathy Freeman thing definitely um Obviously, yeah. I, you know, you would definitely be leading into the uh, um, amazing achievement and getting as much of that um, to rub off as you possibly can. There, uh, there was a Players' Tribune article from Katie McCabe where she talked about that moment in her life where she gets named captain, I think in the aftermath of, of Liberty Hall, and also mm. is um, uh, uh, working in Nando's full-time and then a month later is a full-time professional footballer. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, w- I say it's an incredible story, but it's also one that you've just become so accustomed to hearing as well in the women's game. I think what makes Katie stand out is how quickly she made that rocket from being a decent player to like a very, very good player and absolutely crucial to um, Ireland's hopes. So, like, she talks in that piece as well about the influence of say, people like Emma Byrne and how important she was for her development. I think... It- I like I forget sometimes how young Katie McCabe still is. You know, like we're the same age, and in my head, she's about ten years older, has been here forever, is a font of wisdom and knowledge. But it actually has been such a short amount of time since she was working in that Nando's. Wasn't you know the Katie McCabe that is feared the world over? And um, so it's I mean it's an incredible trajectory and it's an incredible story, and I think it'll only be probably when she retires that we will properly appreciate how much she took on her shoulders from such a young age especially with the Ireland captaincy you know there was an expectation when she became captain that it was going to be someone like Louise Quinn or Annie Fahey it wasn't going to be her and then that chance was taken on her and you have to say it it has fully worked out so far It's a remarkable occurrence Kathleen because it wasn't like she had experience of being captain at underage level either and like she wasn't having a good time at Arsenal she was about to go on loan to Glasgow City and then to get this huge you could call it a burden or an opportunity and she decided to mm-hmm. go with the latter because she said herself in the article that I didn't know what I was doing but I had no time to think about that I just had to act like a captain amazing yeah it is amazing and like to be fair to her as well she would pay a lot of um like credit to those players that I mentioned before in terms of helping her adjust to that position. And we've talked, I think we've talked about it before on Koigig. It must have been very strange for those players, you know, Louise and Neve, who were such stalwarts in the team, have been there for so long, were older, more experienced, to have this kind of young whippersnapper come in and suddenly take the captaincy and to have the grace to turn around and say, well, okay, this is obviously someone thinks this is for the good of the team. So, we're going to help her and we're going to support her and we're not going to hold a grudge in this situation. And I think that speaks to how close this team is and how much it is very a case of we lift each other up, we don't tear each other down or we don't let egos get in the way. And I really hope they can keep that rolling and keep that going because obviously things are changing a lot very fast in terms of players getting 
you know, bigger contracts in the WSL, more media access, more attention on the team than ever before. So I do hope that is something that stays with the team. I, you'd hope it, it, it will, and that's one of those opportunities that they have not to follow the, the route of um, the way the men's game has gone and everybody's so far and distant and um, unapproachable and, and not really part of the community anymore. Uh, what happens over the next 24 hours? So the team are training tonight and then they have the opportunity to just chill for the evening. I am off back into Sydney on the hunt for some Irish people to bring you guys a little bit of the atmosphere. Uh, I've been given a few tips as to where the best places to find people are. And then tomorrow, uh, the team basically has the day to themselves until they have to come over to the stadium a couple of hours before. Um, so there's a couple of videos up on Off The Ball Socials chatting with me, chatting to a few players in terms of what they'll be doing. But It'll just be taking it easy. A couple of walks, a couple of going for coffee, reading a book. Courtney Brosnan said that's what she's going to be doing. She's going to be reading a book and chilling, just having a little bit of time to herself. A couple of players are going to go listen to some music. So it's going to be chill until all hell breaks loose in how, Sydney tomorrow evening. How to beat Australia in the first game of World Cup. Yeah, that's a good book. <laughs> good book. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> come here to me now. Uh, Sydney versus Brisbane. Discuss. I I did when I was in Brisbane I was like oh this school's interesting and then I came to Sydney and I was like oh okay this is so much more electric and interesting as a city Brisbane is very chill Isn't like it? people yeah. get up there at like six o'clock in the morning and then by like seven o'clock in the evening people just don't exist it's like it's very much a get up do yoga go for coffee exercise go to work very wholesome sort of city vibe whereas Sydney definitely feels like it has a bit more of a buzz to it and and also to be fair the thing that probably shifted my opinion on the two was that I came to Sydney and it automatically felt like there was a World Cup being hosted here you know you couldn't walk for signs that it was happening or even just running into people with like different jerseys on whereas in Brisbane you literally I don't think I met one person that I talked to that actually knew the World Cup was happening or else they were kind of vaguely like oh oh yeah I've heard something about that that's the there's a game up the stadium tonight and I was like well no that game's actually on in Melbourne tonight but uh you're close you're close um so I think I probably preferred Sydney so far but I've heard from some of the Aussie media who are here today who were in Brisbane after I'd left that things were starting to pick up a little bit there so maybe once the tournament actually starts there'll be a bit more of a buzz I'm hoping to go to one of the games at the weekend so I'll let you know then if the the vibe has settled a bit more we've been waiting nine months you could say we've been waiting 21 years the World Cup is finally here Cathy we'll let you go uh, enjoy the rest of your evening and we will chat to you tomorrow Catch you tomorrow guys see you Cathy McNamee live from Australia it is starting to feel like a World Cup is here yeah yeah no that's good now this is good stuff like you're a hipster so you prefer Brisbane as well uh, no, no, I never said that no. no I lived in um, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney Br- I have family in both Sydney and Brisbane okay I must text the cousins there and be like, get yourself down there to Sydney tonight, getting off the ball. He's a big fan. He's actually Australian. All oh, right. Yeah, born in Australia, like, and is uh, a big fan of off the ball. Mm. So there you go. Do we have some Amber Barrett? Yeah, we have 32 seconds of uh, Kathleen's chat with her. And how did you feel watching the Australians? Like, did it give you confidence going into our game this week? Did it make you a little bit worried? What were the main thoughts? 
No, look, they're a world class team, you know, and I think everybody is is really, really behind them here. I think they have a lot, you know, probably a wee bit of pressure on their shoulders too. You know, their home nation, one of the people to be, one of the teams to be tipped to win the competition. So, like, you know. As I've said many times before, we don't fear anybody and we're just look, going into every game with the, the confidence behind us that we know what we're good at and that's going to be no change on, on Thursday. The picture that we had over there was uh, obviously playing a bit of Gaelic. I do wonder, is she like our fourth choice goalkeeper if someone goes down? Is, is that what happens? Could we have had an extra player in the squad yeah. if we decided that um, we could have... We have multi-talented there's something in Donegal isn't it James Cummins does that all the time you know he scoops the ball up into his hand playing like throw-ins oh yeah um, something in Cork too Megan Connolly stood on goal oh, yeah. famously for Corinthians against Wilton United she could do it again speaking of multi-talented there's a Vicky Wall story this morning where it looks like she's not going to go back to Australia to play Aussie rules just to, a quick recap here uh, Meath in the second tier of Gaelic football inspired by Vicky Wall win the second tier and then go on and win the All-Ireland Senior the next year. She's like, I don't know, has it been done before? It might have been done, but I don't know. Uh, and then she goes off to Australia and plays Aussie Rules and is like, pretty good at this. And now the Ireland Rugby Sevens team, who are qualified for the Olympics, have decided that they're going to fast-track her to get her involved in the squad. So, uh, is there a better Irish sportswoman at the moment? I mean, Rashida obviously finished second in her mm-hmm. debut last night, just turned professional, has signed a big deal with Nike. We're going to talk about that with Carl Dennehy a little bit later on. But this is pretty impressive stuff by Vicky Wall. Kind yeah. of unprecedented. The IRFU have been very, very smart here, haven't they? She got home for Christmas. They brought her into the high-performance unit in Abbottstown. And uh, we're like, here's our unbelievable facilities. Have yeah. a look. Yeah. Uh, kick the ball around. Throw the ball around there. See how you feel. Run a few laps. And um, clearly she enjoyed it because the contract at North Melbourne is, is going to be finished. And yeah, like it's going to be a strange one, obviously, for the, for the girls in the Irish Sevens team who helped get the team to the Olympics because there's obviously a camaraderie there and uh, someone coming in from the outside with a big profile especially could ruffle a few feathers but I think when you're in the, at an Olympic Games The feathers that get ruffled in these circumstances are always the insecure feathers and it's the same with the Ireland soccer team in men's and women's when we qualify for tournaments mm. it's never the best players who are like oh I can't believe that a really talented player is joining the squad do you know what I mean? Like so this is, this is not this is this is big time if it, it is big time or it isn't and if everybody's oh, well, we are, we're, we're a settled team it's like that's not how sport works at a tournament are you not as only as strong as your most disgruntled feather no you're as strong as your weakest link you know yeah. if your weakest link is, is so weak that they're getting pissed off that a good player is joining the team it's like well you're not really you shouldn't deserve to be here so I don't I, like look if there are those people then they will identify themselves pretty early and that's good it's like those people who um, you know out themselves as anti-vaxxers on Twitter like oh thanks mute 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 <laughs> well she's obviously got pace she's obviously got the ball handling skills um, the vision so I'm excited to see it like it's going to be number. It's obviously a disappointing one for me, GA fans as well. But like, she'll be back presumably. This is this is not a handier trip from uh, uh, the National Sports Campus to uh, me training. Yeah. Is to but Paris than it is from Australia. See these these annoying people like Jenny Claffey who uh, are so good at so many sports that they just decide, oh, I'm going to be an Olympian in that sport. Paddle. I'll, yeah, I'll do that one. And Vicky Wall's like, oh, sevens. Yeah, I'll be class at that as well. So I'll I'll just. 
I just become an Olympian. But the, why not? Why would you not want to become an Olympian? So like, fair play to her. How many thought as well? I mean, Michael Jordan tried baseball there for a while in the yeah, but 90s. That's different, the isn't it? Of it. Yeah. And then you can actually, if you execute it. Well, the strike was on. Yeah. I, there's a, I, there's been a revision done of Jordan's baseball ability. There was this, the strike happened and that prevented him. And then whatever, whatever other issues were going on in his life got was sorted out. Was he any good at baseball? I think, I think there's a revision suggesting that he could have made it if like. There uh, had been a few, a few little things had to go his way, and they didn't go his way. And also, something else happened. Did his dad get killed in the meantime? Is that what happened? Oh yeah. And so uh, you need to watch Jordan rides the bus again. Um, All that from the last dance. Been a long time since uh, since I've seen it, but mm. uh, they kind of passed over it a bit. Anyway, look, Vicky Wall, unbelievable, and it's an incredible marketing coup. All of a sudden, the GA community is interested in the sevens team heading to the World Cup. Somebody at the RFU knows what they're doing, and um, I, I'd love to know the athletic profile, like in terms of the seven cone time and the reaction speed, and what it is that they've decided that they think this is actually worth pursuing beyond it being um, an amazing piece of marketing for them. So, best of luck to Vicky Wall and to the Rugby Sevens. Mm-hmm. Wonder as well if Meath had gone all the way. Obviously, the exit of the championship to Kerry last weekend. I think the Seven Series doesn't start back up now till December, so she's got what five months to hone her skills and kind of yeah. improve her craft um, maybe if Meath had gone all the way her decision might have been differently but maybe not um, so yeah that, it's a boost for Irish Sevens for sure you, you want the big names in the squad don't you like improve the interest increase the interest it's uh, 7.54 this morning if you want to get in touch 087-9180-180 is the WhatsApp number here's what's coming up between now and 10 o'clock this morning Keith Tracy's going to join us talk to us about Shamrock Rovers crashing out of the Europa League last night they're now in the Europa Conference League we'll also preview the rest of the um, action and what it means for the status of the League of Ireland at the moment it's a big big blow Sarah Donovan's going to give us our uh, honest broker opinion Mm. on the game this week We'll get the view from both Limerick and Kilkenny over the next couple of days. We have John Duggan on the open. Carl Denny's going to talk to us about Rashida. And she finished second last night on her full professional debut, but it's also been a, a great week. Uh, Sophie O'Sullivan winning at the under-23. Um, Israel Alatunde making the final of the 100 metres and the 4 by 100 Did they set a national record, I think? Uh, anyway, we'll get all the details from uh, Carl at that. And then Sue Ronan's final preview. We've been previewing the World Cup with Sierra Ronan for about nine months now, but this will be the final one that we get to do. And then uh, some Lawrence Donegan goodness on Rory McIlroy in the Open from half nine. Don't scoff, please, at the Johnny Evans short-term deal at Manchester United because he is a fine player. Shane, agree? Oh, 35-year-old. Certainly was a fine player, yes. Would you, would you rather, would you rather first, first game of the season, injury crisis happens, yeah. would you rather Harry Maguire or Johnny Evans? Johnny Evans. I'm actually leaning towards Johnny Evans Johnny Evans is a fantastic footballer one of the biggest mistakes that we've had Hal made was immediately selling Evans mm. and uh, like where did he go was it was it Stoke it's West first Brom. and then West Brom it was West Brom was it immediately to West Brom yeah very sure it was West Brom and then he had uh, did he go to Stoke yeah I think he went to both did he not yeah. finish his, uh, he went to both I know he's okay. Leicester Leicester yeah in the because I remember he was Leicester for sure for a while and he's, but he's a brilliant footballer Steve Bruce was looking at defenders and picked somebody else for more money over Johnny Evans when he West was the manager yeah. it was West Brom when you're going to Stoke yeah West Brom and Leicester um, so what was the order United then he had loans at Royal Antwerp and Sunderland and then West Brom 2015 so he finishes United. at Stoke yeah uh, he never went to Stoke no, never went to Stoke, Stoke. Stoke. Oh, I just made that up yeah. yeah I don't know where I got that from um, 
was in my head anyway. Oh, yeah. So he has a short term <laughs> deal to play against uh, Leon, and Ed- Leon and Edinburgh. Fix that in post. And, uh, <laughs> and Wrexham in San Diego on Tuesday. But the second game he's contracted for is the Youth Academy. So he's basically helping out the young lads. So they're doing this to help him find the club. But it's a short term deal. So he's registered to play in these friendlies. But I think they should give him a little six month, six, 12 month deal. No problem. No problem saying Johnny Evans. Oh no, I, I, I actually really like Johnny Evans. I respect the career that he's put together. As I was saying, um, when I can't remember who it was, Villa signed instead. It was like idiotic, and then he goes on and plays much better. Anyway, yeah, we see Bruce being bad, there? and it was like this is fairly obvious. He's right there. You, you know, surely. Surely, anyway, maybe it was because I don't know. He's been uh, at United since he was nine. Like even I listened to that, uh, like that Man United, the official club podcast. Is his uh, wife Helen is one of the presenters on that? Like the the, the family live and breathe. Ah, United, right. So because there was a link with Celtic, where mm. Brendan Rodgers was going to bring him as uh, you know they had had a relationship, and I was thinking that's a really good signing for Celtic. There'll be European football for him. There'll be yeah. loads of games. I'm reminded of the time when he's at a press conference with Alex Ferguson and his then-girlfriend is working in the media at United. Helen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Helen. Yeah. And uh, then Johnny's kind of, like, very kind of shyly says to Fergie, like, oh, that's, that's my missus. And then Fergie's loving it. Like, <laughs> was like, I'll get a ring on her, son. Get a ring on her. <laughs> and then there's the other time when he absolutely effed Evans out of it against AC Milan in the oh, Champions yeah. League very publicly in front of everyone. We got a little... Little uh, snippet into what he's like behind the scenes. I think it's a good signing. Also, by the way, there's a lot of people yesterday and the day before complaining that we weren't talking about Declan Rice to Arsenal. Lads, we did it two weeks ago for about three days in a row. The three yeah. of us were having a debate mm-hmm. about Declan Rice. It's only because Lads. he took so long to actually sign him that by the time he signed him, it was like, oh, we've already done that. But Declan Rice to Arsenal is a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, huge deal. Not as not as big as Onana in terms of the difference that you're going to make to the team. I saw somebody has put together a, a, a Onana bloopers reel, and they're like, "Oh, look at this! He's a goalkeeper. He's made lots of mistakes." Like, yeah, he's played ten thousand games and he's made lots of mistakes because he's taken some brave chances. The De Gea blooper reel, who's taken no chances ever in his entire life, is actually worse. I thought you meant the uh, the Onana doping violation. Remember that from a number of years ago? I didn't. Which, I didn't. That, that was, again, uh, like, I mean, it's hard to keep up with all of yeah. the footballers who've uh, had little little doping violations. How much of a ban was it? I think he got 12 months. but oh, served 12 months in football. It must have been bad. Well, I think he served nine. Uh, That's your luck. Yeah, and, and ended up missing a decent amount of a season, obviously. Um, he, he says he... I can't remember the exact uh, drug. I can find the name of it here, but it, he says he mixed it up. It was his wife's <laughs> medication. That's um, right. Easily done. Easily done, yeah. In so fairness, in fairness, you know, in the dark, who doesn't accidentally take the wrong tablet? So he's so yeah, test positive for the diuretic drug for awesome A diuretic, of course. We all have loads of diuretics lying around. We do. I I'm always need to, I always need something to make me piss. Yeah. So it's like my life would be so much better if I just had access to a little diuretic because it doesn't do anything else. Those diuretics except make you piss. No. It doesn't do anything else. Don't no. look into any other side effects of it or any other abilities that it has to help you. You know, it does nothing. Yeah. Tracy just walked into the production box there and got the best out of context <laughs> chat ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually. His face, it, it was February 2021, the ban. Uh, Which is recent enough. Yeah, played for Ajax just six times the following season and then left for Inter when his contract expired. There was obviously all the controversy at the, at the World Cup in Qatar, or in, in Qatar as well, where he plays the first group game for Cameroon. They lose to Switzerland and then he has a massive row, falling out over the style of play and leaves the World Cup Roy Keane style. Oh. Um, yeah. Remember that the camera keep yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a bit awkward. Um, and like he's obviously that he, he would be the number one keeper for Cameroon only for he's the his own man. 
He says, oh man, he does what he wants. I think, I think look, his performance was excellent. Really, really excellent. At the, the Champions, Champions League, final. League, yeah. So oh, it's great. If he, he produces at that level for Manchester United, I think it's going to completely transform their ability to play the game that they want to do. And all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 added, the additions that they've made is like, you go back to the additions that Liverpool made that transformed the team. It's like... Uh, Man United needed a midfielder. They've got a midfielder. They needed a goalkeeper. They've got a goalkeeper. They've they're they're very close to signing the twenty year old uh, Danish striker. So we Holland, shall see. Yeah, um, um, yeah. Onana, Evans, Mount, new uh, signing contracts. Rashford, what a core. Evans. Can I ask you a quick question? That's uh, this came up in the office yesterday. What are your thoughts on grown adults, men and women, wearing football jerseys? My take before you start is. Uh, so I would wear the name of a footballer on my back as long as I'm older than them you can't get a name like some of my mates have Rashford in the back of their jersey and I'm like man you're, you're five years older than him like, so it's a bit like, weird. sorry you would wear the name of a footballer who was older than you yes yes not your uh, okay go on yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, not the other way around not um, creeping on them no of course but a lot of my uh, so there was one person in particular in the office yesterday who felt vehemently about this um and even I said, you know, if you wear a county jersey to a festival or a bucket hat, he was like, no, no, you can't wear a county. You can't You're wear a bucket hat for us, off, Colin. Well, you can wear a bucket well, hat. You can't. If it's, your, if it's a county jersey. What? Uh, and uh, would you not? Would you not wear a jersey? Oh, these, these. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, come on. They're look, like look good, yeah. That look good. Yeah. They're good at festivals. <clears> but they're not good at festivals. They're, you look like somebody's only gone day release. One person in particular in the office yesterday had very strong feelings that as an adult you cannot wear a football jersey. That you reach a certain age. Who was it? Nathan Murphy. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say it. Nathan Murphy. I'm fairly sure I've been at Croke Park with him in a Mayo jersey. Well, that's okay. He says at a match you can wear it, but if you wear it down to the shops, you're, you're a disgrace, basically. I'd say the following: going to a match, judge not lest you be judged. Playing, playing a match, playing Astro, like you can wear it um, around the house. No problem at all. Taking out the bins. The house is like, um, I would say the more hipster the jersey, the more acceptable it is to wear. Retro jerseys are, are grand so in all occasions. Or, or like ter- you know, third world footballing nation. I was in uh, yeah, Cyprus. There, one of the lads got a Pafas FC jersey. No problem with that. Mm. Did he wear it around? Uh, I don't know if he wore it to interviews or anything, but he was wearing it. You know, basically, Nathan, he had an issue right. with people, grown adults in their fifties and sixties, wearing footballers who are in their twenties on the back of their jersey. It's Fun a, police. It's very past remarkable from Nathan. Very unlike him. <laughs> Fun police straight out of Temple Moore, Nathan Murphy. Yeah, there you go. He has the head of a guard, all right. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.